Hello. Welcome and thank you for joining us and listening to our podcast, The God Beyond the Bible. Our podcast is released weekly each Friday. The content of each episode is based on the questions and curiosities we all have about God and the Bible. Many of our topics are considered taboo in the minds of the mainstream church. You will find our discussions to be, I think, refreshing and often far from traditional. But we don't just skirt around these complex issues, but confront them head on, and not in the way you're used to hearing them discussed on typical Christian talk shows. I'm Alan Rowland, creator and host of The God Beyond the Bible. As of the launch of this podcast, I've been a pastor for more than 35 years. My co-host is my daughter, Trayson, and our engineer, co-producer, is my daughter, Tabitha. Our mission is to encourage our audience, along with us, to open our minds to the reality that God is simply too big to be fully explored or experienced by the reading and studying of a single ancient work. In short, the Bible's not the sum of God, and to think this is to limit what He has done, is doing, and what He will do in our future. So with introductions made, thank you for listening, and let's dive into the topic of the day. And welcome, Seekers, to episode number 146 of the podcast, God Beyond the Bible, the podcast designed by Seekers and for Seekers and Trayson. Uh, when you get turned back around to the microphone. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I thought that I was ready. Our shout outs today are to Trig and... Last name, Anometry? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I'm just, I trig. I'm only teasing. That's just my wit. I and had to not, look at that again to make sure it was Trig and Marty oh, are the okay. two people, but I had to make sure I was pronouncing that right. If I'm not, I'm sorry. It's T-R-Y-G, and that's how I assume that would be pronounced. I, I'd say it probably is. Tab, you got us a quote mm, for today? Our quote this week is from Alan Watts. He oh, said, I like it. Irrevocable commitment to any religion is not only intellectual suicide, it is positive unfaith, because it closes the bond to any new vision of the world. Faith is, above all, openness, an act of trust in the unknown. Okay. Well, that would also fit, fit with the podcast we did on I Believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did, but it works good here today because our topic today, we're going to talk about mystic or mystical or mysticism. Uh, a, mystic, a mystic is defined as the following. A person who claims to attain or believes in the possibility of attaining insight into mysteries transcending ordinary human knowledge as by such as by direct communication with the divine or immediate intuition in a state of spiritual ecstasy anybody care to dumb it down for your host why does everyone look at me (laughs) for that okay i would say that the definition of you know being a mystic is if i'm a mystic i believe that the divine is trying to show us how to progress both on a personal and cultural level by For- actively seeking to commune with the divine presence. I believe that we can solve these mysteries and create incredible inventions and have mind boggling technological leaps all by connecting ourselves with that unseen power around us when our spirituality which is inside Mm -hmm. all of this is inside it's Mm -hmm. not external it's all inside when our spirituality we mentioned this i think maybe on the last or the one before that but when when our spirituality is a people a race a human race i'm talking about the human race here when our spirituality starts catching up to our technology some amazing things will happen Mm -hmm. we will see cures for diseases that we never thought we had ever we would ever see uh, isn't everyone mystic by the idea of thinking uh, we have intuition and insight or that at some point or another we've obtained information that doesn't come from material source? 
If, Doesn't everybody have intuition? If you've so. ever gotten a message from God, you know, we say that a lot in Christianity. Well, God showed me. God told me. God. If you've ever had one of those God moments, mm-hmm. you have actively engaged in mysticism. Sure. The claim may be made that mysticism empowers the individual, whereas religion empowers a few individuals over a mass of individuals. Is that fair or is that biased? I think that's fair. Yeah. It's very well put. Uh, many parts of the Christian religion are really mystical in nature, uh, such as being inspired by the Holy Spirit, you know, statements like that, or I felt led, feeling led. Yet the mystic believes the power comes from within, as we are all a little part of the whole we call God. While religion tends to make the claim that the Spirit has to be obtained from an external source and placed in certain individuals who properly made a divine protocol sanctioned by their particular religion, of course. Uh, is that a fair statement? I think yeah. so. I mean, I can't imagine the organized church ever telling someone to trust the divine voice within them over what the church has to say. But yet it will say, trust the Holy Spirit. But that Holy Spirit, they don't, and I didn't really realize this, but the Holy Spirit to most churches is not an internal. No, no. no. Even though they'll say that's dwelling, but then it comes and goes for, yeah. for you know, it's, you've got it today, you don't have it tomorrow. And if the Neither. Holy Spirit disagrees with the church, then it's the Holy Spirit that's not really the Holy Spirit in you. Well, that's true. That's true. Well said. Uh, could you say then that religion externalizes God, so God must be pursued as an outward act? And mysticism internalizes God so that God must be pursued within as an internal act. Wasn't it the Dalai Lama that said religion tells us that God is out there, go find him, while spiritualism, which mysticism, spiritualism, uh, uh. says God is in you, quiet yourself that he may speak? Well, you know, I always go back to... um, one of the churches that I've been to, it was a four square church mm-hmm. and their whole belief system, like their I guess they all have a motto or I can't think of what the a creed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> She's yawning away. Uh, I cannot have um, but yeah, their creed is that they have to either have obtained the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. This is to be the pastor or to be a leader in their uh-huh. church. You have to have obtained the Holy Spirit, or you have to be actively seeking the Holy Spirit at all times. Okay. So it's external. It's external. Because even when you have it, you've had to yeah. have sought it Well, out. Re- religionists say that since God is to be sought externally, we need other men to lead us to God. While mystics say that we may act as road signs pointing in the direction of God or suggesting this existence of God, but God must be found individually and internally. Now, is part of the resistance from the church to embrace what we call mysticism? Is it because it basically cuts out the middleman, rendering the church not essential to spiritual progress? I think so. If your paycheck depends on you being the guy who gets the mail and walks it up to your boss's desk... How are you going to feel to find out that the mailman started bringing the moss, boss's mail? Yeah, that's that's sure. true. Very yeah. well put. Good. Many, including myself, have come to realize that the person we know as Jesus was actually a mystic. He encouraged people to pursue a path of individual enlightenment when it came to the divine. Those who have studied it are convinced that the Bible was manipulated and edited to remove most, if not all, the mystical Jesus. 
and replace him with the external Jesus that is one of a kind. Thus, his experience cannot be duplicated by anyone else. No, we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't edit the Bible to say what we want it to say. But you know, when you read the words of Jesus with that mindset, knowing that this is that that is what he intended, it makes it's a whole new world. It is because yeah. what you were message taught, is a lot different oh than what goodness, the religion yes. what religion says his message was. That's true. But uh, and I, I heard a guy say this. He said, "We've taken Jesus. We have put all of the emphasis on his death." We have. And when the emphasis should be on the words he spoke while he was alive, Mm -hmm. enlightening the people, but we've made it a religion. So he died so we can put him up on a shelf now. Mm -hmm. His death is all that matters. Think about that. That is a little. Yeah. Yes. That is a little strange, isn't it? Now we can put him as a monument up on the shelf and memorialize him, but we don't have to interact with him. I'll never forget. We don't have to, we don't have to interact with his teachings. We don't have to act on his teachings. It's been several years ago, but the kids and I, in in their schooling, we read a book and it was a secular book, but it was written around the time of when Jesus was on earth. And it just lightly touched on the topic of he was here and Jesus came to this village and everyone was just scrambling to find him. And he talked about the energy that he could feel when Mm -hmm. he was, around him and just this calming peace that he had and just the things that Jesus said were just and I thought how cool to put that in a secular book and honestly at the time I read it I was like offended by yeah, it. Kind a little bit a little yeah. bit that's not that's not what the Bible that's not Jesus. that's not what the Bible I will, says I will tell you something really interesting to read and you can find it in um Lost and Forgotten Books of the Bible on Amazon there's an encyclopedia of the Lost and Forgotten Books of the Bible or Lost and Forbidden, I think is what it might be. Mm-hmm. I think Lost and Forgotten was the name of our podcast. Anyway, um, it is the letters of Pontius Pilate between him and a couple of his underlings. And they, they're the letters that they chose for this, they're discussing Jesus. And these are actual letters between him. And he sends this guy out and he goes and he's basically stalking Jesus to see what he's really up to. And during all of this, he's like, I can't tell you. He's like, you know, you hear people talk about him. He's like, but the moment he starts speaking, a hush falls over the crowd and you are just entranced by his words for hours. He's like, you don't want to ask a question because it might make him stop speaking. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, and uh, uh, that's, you know, that's that's basically the basically, I guess, the the whole point of this thing. The mystic Jesus argument has been reignited when the Gospel of Thomas, a Gnostic gospel full of antidotes of the mystic Jesus, was discovered with the Dead Sea Scrolls. Is it hypocritical of the church to boast that the finding of the scrolls uh, support the claim that the Bible is, is heralded as divine, while the evidence of other writings being considered alongside as well uh, is all but ignored or even denied and condemned? If I walk into the courtroom and tell you there's no evidence to convict me after you just watched me throw it all in the trash can, does that make it not real? (laughs) Yeah. You know, I always go back to, we always say that the Bible, you know, if, if you believe that the Bible is inerrant, that there's no, but all of these people that decided it, why couldn't they have made a mistake? 
Why why is it that we assume that they because followed God's the, will to the T when we mess the, up daily? The apologetics is that God followed that process all the way through it. His Holy Spirit moved all of these people and kept everything in line all the way through. Have because ever, if I'm wrong, my religion collapses that's it, is because the answer. All the eggs well, I will are in just say basket. this. I have done what I felt like the Holy Spirit was leading me to do, and it ended up not being the right thing because I felt I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit was the one, but I felt in my spirit that that, and it was the wrong thing. So how could but, they not have made the same mistake? Well, but but did, were you feeling that because of your bias of religion when you were doing that? Probably. Was it your bias religion that you thought only God does this? Because I've read where he does this, so this is the way God. That's the this problem. Is, that's a problem we have with the Bible. Well, this is how God does it. I can show you in the Bible. Yeah. This is how God. Wait, that's how God did it 4,000 years ago. <laughs> How right. does he do it today? Show me how he does it today. At well, he's the point. same. He's the same. So he's the same one. How could he be the same one when Jesus said, love your enemies, do good to those that persecute you. And the God of the Old Testament says, go over there and kill everybody. They're my enemy. You go yeah. kill them for me. Do you find yourself now that you depend more on your intuition and your spirit as a whole? Do you find that things seem to work out better? When you start following those things that you feel led to do? Well, first of all, my opinion of how things work out has changed. Because used to, it was when things didn't go the way I expected yeah. the outcome to go. I like mean, Tabby and I, don't get what Tabby wants. Basically, I mean, I do this expecting this result. And when it didn't happen, I was crushed. And now I, I've learned. That. I really have shifted toward using the word intuition or the inner voice. When we say being led by the spirit, mm -hmm. all that, that's church terminology. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's our church terminology coming out, you know, and, and it's the voice from within people. It's the voice that you've always had inside you, that you have inside you and the Christ in you actually reveals the father in you that's the christ in you that's what christ yeah sure christ came to reveal the father in you mm -hmm. yeah the christ in us reveals the father in us if we want to hear the christ in us and the father is it coincidental that most folks who have done long tours in the christian religion which pounded external doctrines into its constituents until they adopted them as their own that now they find themselves returning to the voice from within that they had always had and immediately responds when it hears an external truth. In other words, the guiding voice we came into the world with that has been stifled by the dogmas of religion has turned out to be the right voice after all. Ooh. You mean? And why do we do that? Why do we teach our kids to trust that gut when they're little and then, wait a minute, are you sure about that? That voice sure is going to lead right? you astray. Yeah. That, that might not be. I spent well, so well, many I years questioning. I don't questioning. think we really do teach them to trust. I, I, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit there. I think for the most part, we just we tell them how to be human, and we actually shout down that voice inside them because we're telling them how you're supposed to function in our culture, in our society, and this is what you are as a human being. What? This is your identity as a human being. This is what you do. You you go up, you, you go to school, you get educated, you get a job or a profession, or you go to college, and this is how you are human. And I guess you're right. I mean, I can see that. I don't think we really <clears throat> encourage them or even trust the voice in them. See, I can trust the voice in me, 
but I can't because trust. my voice is more refined yeah. than yours. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. I wasn't cutting you short on that. No, Katie. that's I just, fine. That's fine. No, that's I think she was just saying. I think she was more referring to in their judge of people's character when someone makes them uncomfortable. We tell them trust your gut. If this situation yeah. doesn't feel good, sure. if this doesn't, but then in other situations, we're like, nope, don't listen to that voice. Don't. Yeah, yeah that no, was you're kinda... gonna go and you're gonna do it. Yeah. If you remove the religious claim that we must meet a certain criteria sanctioned by the church in order to have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, would we find that Jesus was speaking mystically when he said, The Father and I have made our abode in you. You have the voice of the Spirit within. Therefore, you have no need for any man to teach you. Doesn't that sound more like mystic empowerment than religious bondage? Uh, Yeah, I mean, unless, you know... Again, I, I love looking up the apologetics answers. So I, I'm curious, what is the apologetics? How do they make that anything but you don't need anybody to empowerment? Teach you. Yeah. yeah, sure. He but he was specifically talking to people who were already saved in this. Oh, so he was talking just strictly to the apostles. Yeah, this was this oh, was talking so, so strictly now, to the apostles. Now, so now They'd we, already determined. So, they so were. we can go back and forth. He was speaking here just to these people, but now when he speaks here, it's general. Exactly. Uh, sentence to sentence sometimes remember we talked about in the last episode how words are the poorest form mm-hmm. of communication uh-huh. and written words are the most are the worst of communication because you don't have the luxury of seeing the expression on someone's face or the tonal differences in their right. voice up and down so we're just reading words and we're and you think that's how god we think that's the only way god can communicate you think that's the way god chose to communicate with us when he can speak to us directly inside I don't no, think that's the choice. That is not. Has the floodgate been open to individual empowerment through the mystic approach? And the church is responding with the only defense mechanism they have, and that's fear. Claiming mysticism to be doctrines of the devils, and those oh who goodness. practice such things will writhe in eternal torture at the hands of their jealous God. The idea that you could, you know, commune not only with the divine itself, but also with those who have crossed over that veil before you it's just that's that's heresy and, and witchcraft well, and, and i've been evil really and... interested lately in like chakra balancing and mm-hmm. all of that True. and you have to you don't even realize that you have to overcome that okay am i am i delving into something of the is this the black here? arts you know and i'm i'm far past that but i i still i i sense judgment from some people do you do, that you, I, do you know that this external force that we call the devil is not external at all. It's just our mind. Yes. It's all our mind. That 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 opposition that we face is always just in our mm-hmm. mind. That's the only part. Always... He's not out here moving stuff around and causing car wrecks and doing all this stuff like we think he's this right. horned. He, see, just like we've put human traits on God, we've turned around and put external human traits on. We have. What we call the enemy, too. You say, well, you're trying to say the devil... Well, he exists in your head. That's where he opposes you is always in your Mm -hmm. mind. I think my spiritual journey always goes back to, and I'm sorry, if someone knows who said this, please send it to me. You can email us or whatever because I can't remember. But it said, what if life is not about becoming what you were meant to be, but it's about unbecoming all of the things that you were never meant to be to be the person you were meant to be in the first place? Well, that's a roundabout way of, way of saying that uh, there again it's what i said a while ago. well what, what we're doing is is we teach our children we spend 18 20 years teaching our children how to be strictly human mm-hmm. 
And then they have to strip all of that and then, away. And to then they spend, a, they had another beings. 20 years or so of their own on that. Right. Trying to be what we say him. And they're saying, this just don't feel right. It doesn't, I mean, the world never has felt right to me. The world's way of doing things, nothing ever, it's, it's always seemed upside down to me. It just always has. The way we do things is just upside down. Mm-hmm. It's, and it really is. It's because it's upside down. It is. <laughs> Didn't Jesus classify himself as a mystic when he said, My kingdom is not of this physical realm and cannot be discovered by physical observation, implying that we had to utilize intuition and inspiration and insight into mysteries by means other than external observation? I mean, isn't that the definition of mysticism? I just know that we're getting talked about on Sunday morning somewhere. There is some (laughs) church pastor who has caught part of one of our episodes and he's angry. There's only two kinds of people that listen to this podcast. Those that's the enlightened and those that need fodder for their sermon. Yes. And let me tell you, I hear some of it. I see it online. I can tell some locals that that listen to the podcast and then they'll post something online and it's like, you know, why don't you just come clean? But you know, all we can help. I'd love love to have them as a guest on an episode, but they would never. No, but you know, all we can hope is maybe this little podcast puts that little seed inside, you know. If you're still listening, it's because you know something. There's something there. And and you know your religion's not working. Mm Yeah. You know. We're telling you the truth. Your religion is not working. It's not protected you. If anything come out of the COVID thing, it's that I don't care how faithful, religious you are, you are not immune. That's exactly right. It does not make you immune. Now, look, right now the churches would be full if nobody in the church got sick from COVID. Oh, absolutely. People would be flocking there, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Think about it. Uh. Here's our exit question. Was Jesus' mission to empower the individual to pursue and find God within or to establish a religion that mirrored the Jewish religion he came to expose? Because that'll answer the question, mystic or not. Yeah. Jesus was a mystic master. Was he the religion Jesus that was built around him or was he the mystic Jesus that empowered people? If he was the religion Jesus, then he would not have been he didn't change anything did he no if he, he was the religous jesus he would have had to have come to the temple to be healed he wouldn't have sought exactly out right. these yeah. people in he would have never gone lives. up against the religious and a while ago so, somebody yes. a while ago you mentioned that deal that of, of the pilot sending out people to what uh-huh. the jews did that without discretion i mean they mm-hmm. had they had uh, guards, temple guards that followed Jesus everywhere and wrote down everything he said and brought it back. Oh, yeah. And what's amazing to me is I wish we had some of that. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I'd rather, I just as soon had that as any part of the Bible except for the words of Jesus. I'd love to have had what the temple guards wrote down that he said and what he taught. Mm-hmm. I bet you that got destroyed pretty quick. What do you bet? <laughs> yeah. Well, so. as always, until next time, may the unconditional uh, grace, peace, and love of the Most High be on, in, and radiate out from each of you, our fellow seekers from all of us here at God Beyond the Bible. Did you enjoy listening to God Beyond the Bible? Do you have an idea for an episode? Connect with us today. Visit our website at godbeyondthebible.com, all one word, or send us an email at email at godbeyondthebible.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. Just type God Beyond the Bible into the search bar.